Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my guest today, John Baltusberger, award-winning splatterpunk author. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me, Logar. 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 It's my astonishing swordsman and sorcerer's a hyperborea character. <laughs> I love it. He's just generic Conan. <laughs> I, you know, I got my start in both fantasy, like my love of, of writing and my love of role playing all come from Robert Howard. Excellent. I'm into it. I'm a Conan fanboy here. My Robert Howard, like, like exposure like despite being older i'd never read robert howard growing up i didn't read it until the oh. last like five or six years i started getting into robert howard oh. and that stuff and largely because of astonishing swordsmen and sorcerers of hyperborea right yeah yeah and yeah and stuff <laughs> so you've got something going on on kickstarter i do i do um i am currently raising money to put out uh morka beans one one. It is a uh, a supplement for the incredible role playing game Morkborg that focuses on uh, Jewish history and mythology, kind of retold to fit the the setting of Morkborg. Oh, I'm curious how 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 you approach how you approach that. What's the what's, how are things? It's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. So first, you take you look at I'm Jewish, but to to do this right, you kind of have to look at judaism and how the rest of the world would have seen judaism back during the maccabean revolt which is like this little weird cult in the middle of the desert doing their own thing and refusing to listen to anyone else yeah. which is perfect for morkborg which has this like giant empire cult in the church of the two-headed basilisk so that fits a lot of the legends and folklore of judaism at the time is grim and dark and brutal and it fits perfectly so there's just like a little bit of tweaks here and there to make things mesh in this beautiful, brutal sauce. It's excellent. I, I'm curious. Can you tell us about a few of the a few of the things you could look forward to in that in that brutal folklore? Absolutely. <laughs> so there's a legend. I love this legend. So it's obviously Israel back then, complete desert, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the the war took place on this uh, in many places it was a guerrilla war, but. There was a, a, a temple fortress on top of a plateau called Masada. And the valley, the valley below uh, was said, it was said that everywhere the Maccabeans killed one of the Greeks, one of the Seleucids. Uh, I'm not great. Look, there are words that I know because I've read them, but never heard them. <laughs> I, I, but wherever we they go for that a lot here, I mean, that, that happens a lot here. But right? neighbors, many people come in and say that <laughs> wherever they killed one of their enemies, wherever their corpse fell, a fruit tree would sprout to give the Maccabeans uh, food and shade. And that's brutal. An entire <laughs> forest of corpse trees. That's like cursed and blessed by a, by a, god worshiped by this tiny cult that's wonderful <laughs> you can do some fun stuff with that with game <laughs> yeah so i've been writing jewish horror for you know several years now it's it's where all my you know where i kind of enter the the creative aspect is trying to bring a lot of these folklore and legends that people don't know about to the fore but also I'm a splatter punk, so everything's messy and gory and extremely violent. And my first nomination for a splatter punk award was for a book called War of Dictates, which retold 
essentially the the Talmud, all the demon logic and fallen angel oh, yeah. legends retold it in verse. And it's all gnarly. It's <laughs> incredibly gnarly. And it's just like I knew it needed to be a role playing game. And then I found Morkborg and it was just like the clouds opened up and a beam of light shone down on me. And I caught on fire because I'm very pale, but it was, it was fate. <laughs> so well, I'm curious about the book you were just talking about. What is the title? War of Dictates. War of Dictates. Mm-hmm. And where can, where could we find that? If we It's to- uh, it's on Amazon. I have like one copy with me right now. So I normally point people to my website, but it's on Amazon through Death's Head Press. It, it takes the entirety of creation's history from, from a Jewish perspective, not from like a scientific perspective, right? Yeah. From the creation of the universe to 2020, yeah, about 2020 when it, or 2019, I finished writing it during the midst of the um, BLM riots, well, riots, protests, mm-hmm. which you know, certainly informed the writing. I, I have definitely, I'm curious how that, that informed the writing. That sounds interesting to me. <laughs> so there's a, you've probably heard of the watchers, the fallen angels called the watchers. Yes. They were the ones who uh, married human women and begot the Nephilim, which were the giants who were fiery. And then the flood came in. The entire conceit of war dictates is that uh, these angels were not in love with human women. They were in lust. And that a, a relationship with that kind of power disparity mm-hmm. was not a healthy, good, or positive one. It can't be consensual with that kind of power disparity. And so the way I set it up is that these, these watchers, these angels, were obsessed with power and having power over others. And introduce that sort of like owning people and using people to mankind and I think that's, you know, that is at the crux of what was happening and what is still happening in the in this country and all around the world. Uh, and so I was setting uh, what I basically set up is that uh, the the um, abuse that um, uh, marginalized uh, communities are facing is essentially seeded by these watchers. Uh, by these angels, these fallen angels, and at the other end of that, these demons in Judaism, they're the Shadim, mm-hmm. yeah, are kind of fighting this long war for freedom for themselves, for humanity, but freedom to own yourself and have autonomy against these angels. I, I so it's angels versus that. demons, but it, <laughs> where like the demons are the ones that are like good and are fighting for freedom. <laughs> I can appreciate that. That's interesting. I like that approach. So. I'm curious. You you've you've chosen Mortborg to do your your lore in because mm-hmm. of I, I take it because largely in part because of the your I guess I would say Splatterpunk sounds like what Mortborg might be considered in my opinion. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So I you know much like you, I've been playing games since I was a type. Right. I have behind my behind me. I have a shelf much like yours filled with core books and monster manuals from all sorts of systems from all over oh, the yeah. world. And Morkborg is porridge. A lot of games are too complex, like sitting down and making a supplement for fifth edition. I bow my head in reverence to those creators because it's complex. It takes a lot to really homebrew and balance it well. 
a lot of games are too simple where it's like, okay, here's two word mechanic and then do whatever you want on top of it. It's not, it's less interesting to create content for two simple games because anyone can do like, if you're interested in just go ahead and do it, it's fine. Yeah. Morkborg is this wonderful system that is simple to create for, but complex enough that people will be interested in what you're creating. Being a guy who is a Jewish scholar and a, again, a, a splatterpunk who has some experience under his belt, I really felt that I could bring a unique spin to Mork Borg. And um, I didn't see anyone else. <sighs> Mork Borg, like most games, suffers from a the heavy hand of Western Christian mythology. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of cool shit in Western Christian mythology, but there's a lot of cool shit in all mythologies. And uh, I want to be the one to be able to show what's cool about, you know, Middle Eastern Jewish mythology stretching back to antiquity. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Yeah, I'm fascinated. And that's a mythology I'm less familiar with. I'm, I'm familiar with the Maccabees and my ghetto. Mostly because my my father was very uh, fundamentalist Baptist preacher coming up, so I heard about that a lot. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Got <laughs> <laughs> and oddly enough, I have read the, the the books of Maccabees as well, but it's been so long, I can't. I I wouldn't want to speak on it or write. I, I, but it was an attempt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'm fascinated by hearing some of that. I think this would be interesting and, and really neat stuff. So when it comes to your gaming, you said you've got a lot of stuff. I'm curious what kind, like what your gaming evolution looks like when you, how'd you go from playing to I'm going to be, I'm going to be putting this out. Is this your first? This is my first Kickstarter. Is it your first game book? You've written other books. It's not my first game book. It's going to be my first good game book. Okay. (laughs) My first complete game book. And this is your first Kickstarter too. Yeah. Okay. So I found Kickstarter with Mobile Frame Zero, I want to say 10 to 12 years ago, Mm -hmm. like a long ass time ago. And as soon as I discovered Kickstarter, I was like, I need to do this. I can create a game now. And then um, I started working on it. I don't know if you're aware of this. It's hard. Game design is hard. (laughs) It's a lot more work than I, I understood at the time. One of the hardest things as an author, I'm not an artist. So finding the art, finding affordable art, finding good, affordable art is extremely difficult until you're in the community. Now that I'm in the community, I, I have like four artists on call that I can be like, hey, let's do a thing. Yeah. Uh, but up until recently, that was not the case. So this year, you know, I I've had a publishing company for a few years. I've been a publisher, an author. I've published 65 books in the last three years. I said, okay, I know I can do this. And I put together a game book called Numinous Brutality, and I released the alpha. Very rough alpha. I won't put a lot more content in it. Send it out there and then realized there was no initiative system. Like, (laughs) good job. Uh, And then I started working immediately on a second game called Godless League Adventures. I'm very proud of Godless League Adventures. My partner wants to add more like world building to it. But as far as like a system goes, it's great. Um, Joel Clark, who created uh, Tian Shang, said, like, okay, I now see your game design style is minimalist rules that support epic storytelling, which 
yeah, that's what I want to do. I I think games should make people feel epic and cool. Yeah. And I want to support that. Morkborg has that. It has minimalist rules to tell brutal, awesome stories. So it it's really works well together. I created a, uh, I worked on a supplement for a game that will be coming out at some point for Morkborg. Uh, and after I sat down and created that, I said, okay, I see how this works. I see how creation works. Now I can connect these pieces myself and I can get this started. Uh, I probably was going to take a little more time, probably self-release, but then I saw Zine Quest and I thought this is a great opportunity to not just raise money so I'm not out of pocketing this, but Kickstarter is a great marketing tool. Yeah. Um, I will have far more new leaders, new players than if I tried to just throw this out into the wind myself. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what, one of the reasons why a lot of people still are are gravitating towards Kickstarter because it's easier to get uh, reach folks with what mm -hmm. you're putting out and people that are looking to uh, put some money to something like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, they I scroll come... through that Kickstarter app quite often like, ooh, what's this? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, people are coming to that app with the expectation I'm looking for something cool to add to my collection. E even if they even if they are just browsing Everyone who browses Kickstarter has that impulse by Gene. <laughs> so it, it's, and, and I include myself, I've backed over 166 projects to date. So I have no impulse control whatsoever. <laughs> uh, this has been a good project for me because I'm so busy watching this project that I haven't been able to browse. Yeah, I I do enjoy browsing through Kickstarters. I actually have not been as much right now. I've kind of thrown a bunch of things on the watch list during yep. Zine Quest. And I'm like, okay, when it comes to the end of this campaign, if I got the money in the bank, it's I'm hitting the trigger. You have to you have to drop. Yeah, you have to <laughs> pick and a, choose, especially during Zine Quest. I'm gonna be a last minute for a lot of them and uh, or hopefully for a lot of them. It depends on how much is in the bank. Right. <laughs> like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have two, I have three conventions this month. I'm hoping we do well and sell a bunch of books so that I can also pack a bunch of projects. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. Well, we're coming close to time. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you online and where they can check out some of Well, we'll put a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes so you can go there. And the Kickstarter is going to be over real soon because we, we're... Yeah. We're getting this saying, hopefully you only got a couple days. So hurry up and go over there. If you want to back. Please, yeah. <laughs> we are at the remind me point now. So uh, we have cool. And I will say on that Kickstarter, one of the tiers allows you to, uh, I, I will handwrite a curse in your book. <laughs> so uh, you get signed in with a curse. And at the highest tier, you get to give input and help design some of the uh, Nephilim that players will be uh, banging their head against. Oh, excellent. So if you're looking for me, you can go to www.kaijupoet.com. That's my website. It has links to all of my books that I've written on to the Amazon or to godless.com, depending on where that book's available. And yeah, that, like that's the place. Kaijupoet.com. It has my entire discography, so to speak. Excellent. Excellent. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wishers. Wobbliesandwishers.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hill Crom. We're on Patreon. We could really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.